You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey guys, this is Mike Badano, and you're listening to Sarcastic Remarks. Hey guys, welcome back to Starcaster Marks. My name is Ryan Chambers. Alongside my brother, James, we are the official Dallas Stars podcast of THPN. Go and use that promo code THPN the next time you go and use DraftKings Sportsbook. We appreciate them for being our sponsor. Great game tonight. It was a lot of fun. Unfortunately, the Dallas Stars are on the losing side of this. Honestly, I think this is the most fun I've had in a losing effort for the Dallas Stars. And in all reality, James, I thought that this was pretty much a tie. What'd you think? Yeah, the Buffalo Sabres are really fun to watch. Really, really fun. They they make they I think Razor calls it mistake hockey, which is exciting hockey. The Buffaloers have a lot of young defensemen. They make a lot of mistakes. It creates lots of chances both ways in this game actually. Just off of them being able to transition from their own zone into the other. It was lots of chances both ways. I think, unfortunately, for the Stars, the thing that kind of got them was their first period, they completely dominated, and it was a 1-1 score going into the first intermission. I I think, really, that was the difference. And, yeah, I know Anderson was really good in tonight's game. He was. He was very good. He got got lucky, too, so (laughs) good and lucky, both things. Yes, good and lucky, and then the Stars just could not bury the pill. I mean, goodness, they had to have had, like, 12, 15, maybe even 16, like high danger scoring chances. Uh, I should have looked up Owen Newkirk's stack before I, we came on live tonight, but uh, that I'd be interested to hear what that dif- the difference was there in the first period. Um, what's the change for you in tonight's game and something that the stars need to be, be better at going forward? I mean, it really, it really just came down to burying the pike tonight. I mean, I, we haven't had a problem really with it the past couple of games. Obviously, we had three, four goal games and one three goal game. We've been scoring. It it, it just I, I don't know what it was tonight. I don't know if I, I think Robertson had like one shot on the night, one or two. Maybe he wants to shoot more. I don't know. But it, I think really we just you got to bury the chances when you get them. So getting into my notes for the game tonight, James. Hence returns. And we were really interested to see what would happen in a Rope Hence return. And the board did something that, you know, we y'all talked about in the game, uh, after, after in the after game review on Monday, excuse me, about Hence coming back. He missed the last seven games. Unfortunately, Olofsson's the odd man out on this one. But, I mean, Yarianov, with the way that he played against the Coyotes, you, you kind of can't yeah. get and, him out, and- so... And I think it's it's recent. He started playing good too. He started using his speed and he started hitting people more. Really, is what it is. It's 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 the overall play from what we were getting from him, and we're playing him more minutes anyway. So I think that's why it kind of the decision was pushed that way. 
Well, and when you look at the four lines they were lined up going into the game tonight, you're thinking, oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, Sagan playing really well alongside Pavelski and Robertson. Then you've got that second line with Delandria, Ben, and uh, Johnston playing really well. You've got a third line of, or AKA 2B line of Hintz, Gary Onoff, and Marchment, who we saw in the preseason a lot before Robertson. Robo got re-signed. And then we got a fourth line of Foxa, Glendening, and Kiviranta. Yeah, man. That it is looks excellent. pretty sick. Yeah. And uh, honestly, the first the first period and the third period when we were playing good, it was all the lines. They were all doing good. They were all getting their chances. And lots of big matchups in tonight's game with Two of the top five scorers in the NHL in the game tonight, Tage Thompson, who, holy crap, he's come out of nowhere, just like Robertson kind of has. I think he's got 32 goals. Robo has 31. And then also they highlighted at the beginning of the game the fact that you've got Rasmus Dahlin and Miro Haskinen, who have both kind of started becoming that true number one defenseman that both teams envisioned both of these guys becoming. And I would say they're very similar in the way they play offensively and defensively. Yeah. And it, it was nice seeing Haskin and kind of, kind of step up tonight in terms of that matchup. I mean, he played a lot more offensively tonight, I thought, and he rushed in a bunch and he, he created a lot of chances himself as well. They also mentioned that Ben is on a five game point streak going into this game and let's just go straight into it. He continues his point streak, six games. He scores on a be- absolute beautiful tic-tac-toe goal. He gets his own rebound. It's a power play goal. Dallas is up one to nothing really, really early on. James, thoughts on the play? I mean, it was just, it was awesome. It's awesome seeing Hints back on the power play unit. I mean, we talked about how maybe that's kind of why we started to go cold a little bit on the power play. And the first game he's back, we score on it with with him having the primary assist. It it was it was awesome. And then after that, oh, I should mention this first because this is noteworthy. Jamie Ben is three games away from one thousand in his career, which that is very very noteworthy. I will be very excited to see him get his one thousandth game. I believe that will be the first game after the All Star break. He will hit one thousand. So assuming yeah. he he's healthy and he's in the lineup so but anyways he blocks a shot he looks like he's in pain thankfully nothing comes of that and then after that it's just chance after chance after chance for the dallas stars first it's a four on three for dallas then buffalo goes the other way it's a two on one dallas goes on the penalty kill and during the penalty kill they had the better chances than the buffalo sabers did on their power play there was a two on one yeah by far there was a two-on-one shorthanded chance. It was Kiviranta who just, I, I, I mean, my gosh, the guy probably had five or six enormous scoring chances, could not score tonight. Uh, hence with the pass on that two-on-one rush. Shots are four to nothing, Dallas, at 15 minutes. Kiviranta with another shorthanded chance. This time, instead of a two-on-one, it's a breakaway. Foxy gets the rebound chance on that. And at this point, I'm just frustrated because the Stars kill off the penalty, and they probably should have had a goal during that penalty kill. Yeah. And, and going back just now and looking at the shot totals for our team in general. So for, for the whole night, uh, 
we had a lot of shots on the night, right? But you're getting, I mean, most of the shots came from our bottom six forwards and not the people who you want to be shooting. Foxa had four. You had Kiwi Rontu had four. Marchment had three. Gurionov had three. I mean, <laughs> it's good that they're getting that many shots, but you, you want, you want Hence and Rope and Sagan to shoot more. I mean, it, it, it was, I think that's kind of what, what it comes down to for the first period at least was, yeah, we were getting a lot of chances. It was a lot of chances from people who don't normally score regardless of whether they should or not. They, they, they couldn't put it in tonight. Immediately after that penalty kill for the stars, there's four enormous scoring chances, all for the quote unquote second line, the Ben line. Two for Ben, one for Johnston, one for Delandra. And it was it was literally like within a span of like five or six seconds. Four enormous chances. All, and, all slot shots from like the same spot too. Right, exactly. And this was all Anderson in that part. Anderson made four enormous saves there. Well, I think one of his defensemen laid down and got one of those too. But yes, it, it, they were all crazy saves. Then it's Pavelski, then Robo, and... Then Skinner finally gets the first Buffalo shot about halfway through the first period. And at this point, I'm just writing, Buffalo is absolutely gifting Dallas with all of these chances. And Anderson has been good, but they're just not taking advantage of any of the chances that they're getting. And unfortunately, that would kind of go to bite them in the butt in the third period. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, you said it. This is what it comes down to. And then... Despite the absolute dominance from the Stars in the first 10 minutes, Darlene scores from a point shot off the faceoff, and Otter was just, he, he just wasn't there. He, he he didn't see the pass go back towards the center of the ice, and it's it's one-to-one. One. It's quick passing from the Sabres. It's a little annoying that that icing was called. I know Lindell was very unhappy about it. I mean, I don't understand how, why they called that icing, but... It's whatever, man, you know. I'm a little bit more hacked off about it than you are probably. Because I, I'm I'm not as annoyed about it because the Sabres still made a great passing play on that. That's that's quick passing to get the goaltender out of position to take a shot like that. I mean, that's what it's for. The but it shouldn't have even been a chance in the first place. That is the problem. So yes, the stars should have taken care of business there and played better defensively maybe otter pays a little bit better attention but i don't really blame him on it all that much but the thing is is that there have been multiple plays like this this year in the nhl and it, it just hasn't blah, blah, blah. it hasn't just been in this game it's been in games across the nhl against other teams with it, it's been absolutely ridiculous the amount of losses and the amount of momentum shifts that have occurred because of really terrible officiating i mean when you go back and look at that 99 out of 100 times that play is 100 percent not an icing call and and essa was right and I, I i know that i shouldn't be as hacked off about it as i am but this was a turning point in the game this was 100 percent a turning point in the game and that goal got buffalo going now Again, the Stars probably should have handled it better. But if the refs handle their job and they do their job and look at the way that the play was going, they are, you know, part of the, no, they're like 100% of the blame for the momentum shift in the game tonight. 
And that's what I'm really frustrated about. It's frustrating also because it was the ref behind Essa that called the icing, and he can't even see where the puck is because Essa's in the way of the puck. I mean, I, I don't understand why that ref even called that that way. So, anyway, frustrating call by by the refs here. Let's finish out the first period. By the way, I had a whole page of notes for the first period, and then the other two periods was one page by itself. So, anyways, uh, Buffalo would go on the power play, hence for high sticking. Couple of glove saves by Otter. There is a turnover to Marchment. He has a point blank chance, and he misses the freaking net. And we need to talk. We'll talk about that. yeah. Well, let's we'll talk about Marchment here in a second, but. Hence had a chance to write after that, almost immediately after that. And then the last two minutes of the first period, huge momentum shift for the Buffalo Sabres here in this case. They're basically forechecking and pressuring and keeping Dallas in their zone. So good on them to force Dallas to stay in their zone in the last two minutes of the first period. Yeah, and this has been kind of a problem as of late. The end of the periods, we are having very a very very hard time getting out of our own zone i mean it, it's happened in the last couple of games luckily it hasn't bitten us in the butt because our goaltender came and has saved us multiple times at the end of the periods but there's there's something there and i don't i don't know what it is but it, it, it's gonna it's gonna get us here soon that's a good point james that is a very good point so l- let's talk about Marchment for a second, because I forgot who who mentioned it. I think it was Ardell over here in the comment section. Let me see. Here we go. Uh, Ardell, Marchment has Marchment has to give us more. Ryan, are we worried about him, or we think he finds his game? I'm kind of half and half right now. I I, th- I think he can find it. I think the only way he's gonna find it is if he gets elevated in the lineup. And the way that the other two lines are playing right now, what I would say are the top two lines, the bin line and obviously the the top line, he's not going to get that ice time. So I, I guess my answer is he's just he's not going to find it just because the other two lines are playing so well. I mean, he's he's got to make it himself. I mean, the beginning of the year, he came into the team and was like, I'm going to be one of the best forwards on this team. And he looked like he was going to do that. And he, the first half of the season he looked great and and since then it's just kind of gone downhill yeah especially like the first 10 to 15 games of the season he was just lights out um he was lights out against nashville the first two games of the season he scored the first goal of the season so yeah i think he had three goals in those two games right and it got it got us really excited but we just i don't know what he needs to do in order to be more involved maybe he just needs to be more involved physically maybe get that part of his game going and maybe that will lead to more offense, but he, we need more from Mason Marchment right now and we need our third line to get going here. So anyways, thoughts on, on the first period here. Uh, I really just put Anderson was a difference. Dallas needs to convert more. Yeah. I mean, that's really most of it. I, I, as I looked at the shot clock, like I said, I mean, you, you look at the people who had the shots in the first, you, you really want that to be some other, other players but you got to convert if you get the chances and into the second period we go literally half a page for the second period it was a lot of back and forth and most of it was buffalo controlling the play in the star zone but 
to Dallas's credit, even though Buffalo was controlling a lot of the play in the second period, they didn't allow a whole lot, in my own opinion. Is that what you saw? Yes, specifically in the beginning of the period. I mean, that the first 10 minutes of that period, it was like nothing was going on. It, it, the time went like that. It was It was really fast. Well, through those first 10 minutes... By the way, an official got high-sticked. Glad to see that he's doing okay. Uh, Jost had a redirection that went just wide. There's a really good shift by the fourth line, 17 minutes remaining. There was three demon point shot during that shift. And just 16 and a half minutes, I wrote, there's just too many icing calls by, da- by Dallas. There's too many icing calls. I know we're a really good team defensively, and especially on the faceoff dot, but, I mean, eventually you're going to get burned by one. They're... Eventually, the other team is going to get a face-off win. A really big hit by Miller after he gets hacked off. A couple of good movement plays by Buffalo, but no shots. Uh, there was a really scary broken-up play that hit Otter's post, and it, Paterka was trying to make the pass across, and it hit the post. Hints would have a chance off the rush, and Gary would have a shot 20 seconds later after that. And I, I kind of stole Razor's thoughts here a little bit with Buffalo had us the puck a lot here in the second period. And Dallas is kind of getting away from the physical game a little bit there in the second period. Yeah, they were they were definitely letting the Sabres kind of skate around and pull some moves on us. But really, we just if you just take the body there, then then they then the play's over. I mean, they have to pass it to someone. Someone else has to pick it up. There's a really good ozone shift by the newly formed Rope Hens line with Garyanov and Marchment. And there was a really good deep play by Miro immediately after that shift. There's a couple of rebound chances. Dallas is starting to get more Ozo time late here in the second. And, I mean, that was pretty much it. It was pretty much like Buffalo pressed at the beginning, kind of pressed in our zone for a good 10 minutes, and then slowly the Stars kind of pressed it back during the second period. That, I mean, that was basically it in the second period. Yeah, there, not a lot to talk about in that second. It really was just kind of both teams – just trying stuff, trying something to get to the net and pretty unsuccessful. I got to give it to Buffalo there in the second period, though. Their forecheck was unrelentless, and especially in the first 10 minutes. And Dallas was having a lot of problems getting out of their own zone. But a big reason why the the Sabres never got set up was because Otter was constantly playing behind his net. I mean, that, that was... Uh, Otter overall, I didn't think had a had a great night on saving, but he played the puck all night long, and he he never really turned it over and made a bad chance for himself. So, from for for that, I mean, Otter was fantastic playing the puck tonight. So into the third period we go. Big surprise! It starts with the Dallas icing call, and then I I literally put two asterisks and put I uh, put sigh in the middle of the two asterisks. And then 15 seconds later, I write, make that two. <laughs> uh, Gary Onuf would have a chance. Sagan would have a chance. And then Olofsson, the wrong Olofsson, not the Stars Olofsson, but the Buffalo Olofsson, makes it 2-1 Buffalo. He scores on a three-on-two rush. It went off Amiro, and it buckled Otter a little bit. It, uh, it kind of surprised him a little bit. So yeah. after all of the good plays Dallas had had, they played so well in the first period offensively. They weathered the forecheck of the Buffalo Sabres in the second period and really started pressing back in the second period. And then they give up their early goal here in the third. I mean, that, 
honestly, that one's that one Otter has to have. That's one of those easy ones from out. He he I, I don't know what happened on the play. He wasn't able to get over to it. It's an easy wide open net. The dude slides it across the ice. It's it's not a good shot. It's just kind of kind of a misplay from Otter. <laughs> Four NFL teams, two conference championship games, and only a few more shots to win big on the playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Not a new customer? You can feel the conference championship thrills with stepped-up same-game parlays. Take your shot at an even bigger NFL payout and boost your winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the conference championships and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. After that, Dallas has a turnover. There's a really good deep play by S. Lindell there, who played very well tonight, in my own opinion. Then there was a kind of a really bad choice by Sagan, and it led to another Dallas icing. So just I, something I noticed in tonight's game, just lots of icings by the Dallas Stars, and it kind of screwed him over a little bit. And I kind of wrote, Dallas has got to start controlling the puck a little bit more. Push, push, push. Pressure, pressure, pressure. I literally wrote wrote that on, on my piece of paper here. And then as I'm writing this down, Rope Hintz gets reunited with that top line. Doesn't even take seven seconds, and Robertson scores yeah. after they forecheck and pressure just a little bit. Makes it two to two. Yeah. First shot of the night for Robertson. That's where it's kind of like concerning, where you're like, well, why wasn't he shooting the rest of the night? But that, that that this is why, like, you and me, or me specifically, I was like, no, you, you put Hintz back on the first line. And I, I know that I didn't think that the the Hintz-Gurionov-Marchman line looked bad at all, but it, it it's just that first line is so much stronger with Rope Hintz as the center. And you put them there and they instantly get the goal back for you on a night where, honestly, Hintz and Robertson hadn't looked too great on. I mean, Hintz had the one rush chance. That was his one shot of the night. And Robertson hadn't shot all night long. So, I, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like I feel like we probably should have tried that earlier with only getting one early goal. And it was off the power play where Rope, Hintz, Jason Robertson, and Pavelski were playing together already. <laughs> So that that was a little, a little like, like oh yeah, that makes sense. Once they scored the the tying goal in the third, I was like, why why were we even trying? Why were we even <laughs> trying to break him up? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. So I, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's that's a big reason why tonight you you only see two goals. Maybe they get a lot more. We'll we'll talk about it more here at the end because I've I've got some thoughts about that. But let's finish up the third period real quick. Uh, Delandria and Darlene get tangled up a little bit. Darlene is holding on to Delandria, kind of hacked me off. No call there. Uh, again, Kiviranta with another ginormous chance, and he gets robbed by the knob of Anderson's stick. So a little bit I, of Kiviranta not able to finish, and a little bit of Anderson just getting really lucky. 
I couldn't believe Kiwi didn't score tonight. It was like four times. So it was like, for sure, it's in the back of the net. And every single time it was saved somehow. And you know what's funny? The one, the last one that he scored that I remember, it was a, it was basically a floater from, from like the uh, point and it somehow made its way through. So maybe that's how, how Kiwi runs it. Just needs to shoot the yeah, ball. Just, just take just slap shoot. shots up in that Kiwi. No, no, it wasn't even a slap shot. It was just like a little, a little wrister. It was pathetic. And somehow it went in, but whatever. Okay. Anyways, uh, Marchmate with a couple of chances as well. So he hits the crossbar and gets unlucky. Otter makes a really good save off the rush. Bit of, uh, there's a bit of chaos around Anderson's net after that. There's a wraparound opportunity for Dallas. And the shots are starting to go up in the Stars' favor, which is kind of showing the progression of the game and the momentum kind of shifting in Dallas's favor. At the beginning of the third period, it was more 23 to 19 in favor of Dallas, so there's only a four-shot differential. At this point, it's 31 to 21 in favor of Dallas, and that's about six minutes remaining. So you could obviously feel it, you could see it in the shots on net, and unfortunately, again, this is just missed opportunities for the Dallas Stars and just not able to capitalize. So after that, they highlight that Miro has a five-game point streak as well. Robey Hens has 22 points in 18 games. And then as soon as that, uh, I guess that TV timeout is over with, Hawk and Paul goes four on three. He gets a shot just off the rush. He misses. There's an enormous save by Jake Ottinger, which probably got us a point tonight with 319 remaining. It was a two-on-one rush after Miro tries to go in and kind of push the offense a little bit. Thompson misses the rebound, and during that play, Robertson gets the high-sticking call, and Dallas goes on the PK. Buffalo takes their timeout, and at this point, this is like the biggest moment in the game, for me at least. And honestly, I was really, really frustrated at the call, mostly because for the last 10 minutes of the game, we completely dominated, completely dominated, and we did not get a single call. There was hooking, holding all over the place. Call whatever you want. It's 10 minutes straight of domination. We were really in their zone for most of that time, too. And we get nothing for those 10 minutes in their zone. It was just... the the Just just from a fan emotion emotion part of the game, that was so frustrating. To, to constantly have pressure and get one power play through the entire game. And not only that, they'd stopped calling penalties for 40 minutes of the, for almost 40 minutes of the game. The last penalty they called was back in the first period, and they're going to call one when we have so much pressure in the last three minutes of the game. In their own defense, though, that was definitely a penalty. I mean, it was yes, 100% but, a penalty, but, but there were thousands of other penalties in the last 10 minutes that they didn't call. There you go. There's the answer right there, James. Exactly. So great penalty kill work. And I, I want to highlight one player in particular, Luke Glendening. Oh my gosh, man. The, the, the guy is just, he, he does not get enough credit for what he does. He absolutely does mess. not get enough credit for what he does. He's, he's, he's just like Essa Lindell in that fact. And that people are like, Oh, well, why does he make one and a half million dollars? Or why does Essa Lindell make five and a half million dollars? It's for freaking plays like this at the end of the game because of Otter making that save at 319 and because of the work by Luke Glendening on that penalty kill that saves us a point tonight and gets us a point because that very easily could have been the end of the game right there. Holy crap, Luke Glendening. And I don't know how much longer we have him signed for, 
but I I really 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 like Luke Glendening. He's, he needs to he's stay. quickly become one of one of my favorite players on this team. And then um, it of course it goes to overtime and it doesn't even last a minute and to be totally honest, I kind of saw this coming just because that's it's th- stars this is in overtime. <laughs> yeah, it, it's the stars in overtime, and then it's Buffalo. It, it, this is, but the, I mean, Buffalo is the perfect team for three on three. Yeah, it's Power, a perfect mismatch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and here's the other thing that sucks. Owen Power gets his first of the season. <laughs> yeah, of course, the person who hasn't scored all season long scores on us. Right. And it, it was just a great backhand pass by, of course, Tage Thompson and they the stars lose three to two tonight so unfortunately they they i'm not mad about this game i'm not mad about this game (laughs) Uh, not 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 from lack of effort or anything because i thought overall the game was pretty great and it was it was obviously a lot of fun to watch i'm just upset that we completely wasted a chance and and lost a point for nothing like this should this game shouldn't have been close this should have been a complete blowout and it's just not execution from, I, I mean, your bottom six. It, it's, I mean, normally, normally you're like, oh, it, okay, they they get one chance, they don't score, okay, whatever. They there's like at least four of them who all had three or more chances on the night, and none of them scored. I mean, you you have to score on one of those. It it doesn't just just one. That's all we needed tonight. Just one. And let's get into a, a couple of stats I want to talk about tonight, and we'll get into the Ropa Hints discussion too because we need to talk about that. I know we're going a little over, but this is I'm okay with that. Yeah, th- this is a great game to talk about. First things first, if you look at MoneyPuck's MoneyPuck.com's deserve to win o meter, I have no idea how that works or anything like that. They, but they, they yeah, chan- they take like chances. Uh, I mean, like chances after chances, which kind of <laughs> counts against you because if you scored the first one, you wouldn't have gotten the second one. So they right. take all that stuff into consideration, a bunch of confusing extra stats, and they're like, okay, who should have won the game? <laughs> it was over 80% for the Dallas Stars. So that means out of 100 simulations between these two teams, the way they played tonight, Dallas wins 80 out of 100 times. Yeah. So they should have, they should have won tonight. That's why I'm frustrated. (laughs) And it's, it's a little bit of, I think it's a little bit of Ropa hints coming back into the lineup. So the chemistry a little bit off with the, with the people he played with at the beginning. Hold on, hold on. Yeah. And the fact that he didn't get to play with the top line at the beginning as well. It was also a little bit of just, I I mean, Craig Anderson wasn't out of his mind, but when he made the saves, they were big saves. And then like just the stars just getting earlier, a little bit unlucky. Yeah, like I said earlier, he was good and he got extremely lucky. <laughs> that's really that's really what it came down to me for Anderson. He was good and got extremely lucky. But but also, I mean, you, you're talking all the bottom six. You gotta score one of them, man. You gotta. And, and again, and, eighty times out of a hundred, they will. <laughs> so I, I think this is a one-off. The, the stars played well that, tonight. It's frustrating because of the the end, and it feels like we lost. But in in my own opinion, I'm I'm really not upset about this game because they played so well. They they just got unlucky with the knob um, of a stick, or you know, just. Well, I'm frustrated too. Right. I'm frustrated too because of the goal that the Sabres scored in the third period because 
Otter missed it. We're not used to that. Which, like, you can't be mad at Otter for missing it because he played, like, t- two of the last three games. He had a shutout. So, I mean, what right. do you want from him? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but it's it was it was so frustrating that that happened, and then and then no one else could score, and then and then you put Hens back on the first line. You're like, why wasn't Hens playing on the first line the whole game? They would have scored like five goals. It's just like all all of these things added up in my head. I'm like, dude, we should have just obliterated this team. Okay, and since you brought it up, let's go ahead and talk about it because I'm actually going to disagree with you about the whole Rupert Hintz thing, okay? I'm not. I'm not going to disagree with me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, of course you're not. You you, you think you're the smartest person in the world, right? And you're the dumbest person in the world, And and I think I'm the (laughs) smartest person in my own head, and you're the dumbest person in the world in my head. Okay, now that we got that settled, I'm going to go ahead and say it, and it's going to be an unpopular opinion because of the fact that Rope Hands was put together with the, the top line, and they almost immediately scored the way we were rolling all four lines in that first period, man, just the the pressure that we had against the Buffalo Sabres, who are a good team. I, not I think, defensively. Not defensively. We'll give them They're that. one of the worst defensively. <laughs> right. Okay, we'll give them defensively. But they're they're a better team this year. They're a good team. And I think you have to look at the balance of the team rather than a juggernaut up at the top. And let me let me go into more okay. more let, hold on, let me finish and I'll let you talk, okay? okay? So, cuz I I think it both arguments are valid. They're 100% valid. It, it's just a matter of your own opinion and what you think. Sagan has really only played well when he has played between Pavelski and Robertson. That's a fact, that's fair, and that's easily to see based off of the stats that he's had the last seven games since Robey Hintz has been out. Robey Hintz is one of those guys that can elevate the play of the people around him. Yes, he he 100% deserves to be on that top line. But for me, I'm looking more at the balance between the, the all four lines, and I already mentioned it at the beginning of the episode. I loved how the way that the four lines looked at with the, the forward combinations that they had. I still think you need to give Sagan in between those two guys and then Rope Hintz put him with Garyanov and Marchment. And we've talked about for months on end now, especially with Garyanov, something has to get him going. Who else can get him going besides Rope Hintz? Sagan, and no offense to Sagan, Sagan is not going to get him going. It, it, it's, it's been proven. It, it's not going to happen. He's not going to get Garyanov going. Could Rope Hintz could get Garyanov going? Yes. Could he get Marchman going? Yes. And they had a couple of plays today when the three of them were together that I thought it was it was noteworthy. Yes, they didn't capitalize on their opportunities, but I want to see more of that combination before we leave that. And I'll I'll jump off my soapbox there. My, Sorry. My my only counter argument to that: Who scored the goals tonight? What 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 three forwards were on the ice for both goals tonight? You got Robertson, Hintz, and Pavelski. They both scored on both the chances they had, honestly. I mean, really, that line didn't have that much more. Sagan kinda was kinda not good tonight, honestly. They they didn't work in the offensive zone very much. He couldn't get he couldn't get 
Pavelski and Robertson to the other end of the ice. That's what you're doing as a center. That's what you're doing when you're supposed to be the fastest player on that at, on that line, which he for sure is because Robertson isn't fast and Pavelski is old. <laughs> so you are the fastest skater. You are creating the space. He did not do it tonight. You're not getting your best scorer, one of the best scorers in the entire league, any shots until the third period. And the first shot he takes goes in. So, yes, four lines is great. And that's cool. And you can have a lot of pressure with that. That's not where this league is right now. This league is feed your top players. They're going to score two or three a night. And you'll win the game. <laughs> and that would have happened, I feel, if they were if that line was together all night long. I Again, I don't disagree that we looked great in the first period. And the four lines all together... That that was we really were rolling them, but it means nothing, absolutely nothing, if you can't if you convert. Don't score. And and the people who do convert for us couldn't get the shots and couldn't get into the other zone. And it's even worse when you're talking about you were on home ice and you even had the you had the the what is it matchups that you wanted, and you still couldn't do it. And, and I'm like I said, like I said, I see both sides. I I just. If, if we can get Marchman and Garyanov going and hence be in the middle of them, that I mean, that's three lines that could score. Three lines that could score. And I'm also, yeah, not, but... I'm also not saying this either, James, is that if we really need a goal, if we really need a goal, there's, no, there's nothing that's keeping you from doing exactly what DeBoer did tonight, right? We're down two to one. What does he do? He goes full-on juggernaut and puts his three best players on a line but, together. And, of and, course, they score. And, and then he left him there for the rest of the game, too, though. He left, hence, Roberts and Pavelski together. And we rolled, and we still rolled the end of that game, honestly. And I, I thought even Sagan, March McGurry had chances in the, in the third period as well. I didn't think that they looked too bad either. I just, I, there's, there is no reason you should break up the best line in hockey. It is the best line, even strength, in the NHL. That is, without a doubt, true. <laughs> they they constantly change games, flip games on their head, and it's one line. We have one line, and it, they can win the game by themselves. And I feel like, I mean, Sagan, yes, Sagan and Robertson and Pavelski did that a little bit, but I mean, I think you're you're forgetting how much Hints and Robertson and Pavelski took over games every single night. Every single night. It didn't even if they didn't score in the night, they would they would do it. I mean, it it that it just doesn't make sense to me to to break apart the best line to try to get two other guys going who haven't been scoring all season long. Especially but but also like especially when really the West is as close as it is. I mean, we really I, I know we're ahead right now and we're top of the top of the conference, maybe second in conference now, but Yeah, but we're fifth in the NHL. We're, we're fifth yes, in the but, NHL. There's four teams in the East that are better than you us. You have you have Minnesota has dropped off a little bit, but Colorado is going to start they're, they're starting start. their their march up <laughs> to the end of the postseason. They they are. They're going to make the top three. If Minnesota gets hot at all, they're gonna they're gonna march over us too. I mean this is not a time when we can really start start to let up a lot more. I, I like the experimenting tonight. I thought it was nice. It, it looked good, honestly. But uh, you you gotta have that best line. 
that 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 is what our team has been for years and we got a second line this year and it looks great and and Sagan was doing good on the second power play unit too and he moved back there tonight and he didn't really get to see it because we only had one power play and we scored on it instantly but I there's not a point to break up the first line you can't convince me <laughs> that's fair and and I mean it's, it's completely fair of what you said so this is gonna be like the longest after game review and forever it's been a while since we've gone like 40 minutes but we, we got to finish i wish ahead, we could have we could have gotten chris's opinion on how that line went because he was the one who wanted to see it the most so I, I, maybe we'll get it again next game and then we can ask him but we'll, we'll see you know what would be even better let's get him to write a blog post about it yeah that would be great yes chris you hearing us out there in the universe let's see a blog post Anyways, let's finish it up. Biggest winner, biggest loser tonight. I'm going to give my biggest winner to Otter. I, I know he had the really bad misplay in the third period for the goal, but the, the second period and really for the whole game, he played the puck so well behind his net. Especially in the second. Oh, so well. And that that's why I feel like the... The Sabres really were never able to get pressure. He was constantly playing the puck. He was constantly keeping out of their reach. And it, it, it really, really helped us tonight. Who's your biggest loser? Kiviranta. For not Score scoring. the goal. Score <laughs> the goal. Score the stupid yeah. goal. Um, I'll give my biggest winner to Luke Glendening. Uh, I, I love to look at the, the guys who don't get a lot of credit for what they do. So I'll give it to him, especially for his play in the penalty kill at the end of the third period, because that saved us a point. And, you know, every point counts in, in this league because this league is just so good. Um, biggest loser? That's kind of hard tonight because everybody played pretty well. I guess, I guess I could give it a little bit to Kiviranta, but I'm, I'm also going to give it to Marchment. Cause he had just as many chances. I wouldn't say as many, but he definitely had about two or three grade A scoring chances. Keep your to had like seven billion. Yeah, fine, but I swear. Like, <laughs> I should have scored tonight. I'm so mad about that. So, yeah. Uh, we just need to tell him he's playing Colorado every single game and he'll score a hat trick. Right. <laughs> so, anyways. Anyways, he'll be my biggest loser tonight. Not because he played bad, but just he's not finishing. I mean, that's the difference in the game tonight is just they didn't finish. So, Ooh. which is funny because they have all the finished <laughs> players the in the world. <laughs> Score the puck. Put the puck in the back of the net one more time and we win tonight. Yep. We should have probably done it like six times tonight. Goodness. <laughs> you know what? And, you know, biggest biggest losers also to the officiating Crap call on the icing. Uh, that changed the momentum of this game, and it was stupid. So, okay. Anyways, James, we got to end it up because it's it's way over what we normally do. So, any last thoughts? No. 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 Screw the refs. Screw the Buffalo Sabers. Y'all are actually have a good team, and you are very exciting to watch. I might actually go and watch a Buffalo Sabers. That was game. a crazy fun game to watch. <laughs> it was. And maybe that's why I'm not as upset about it because, you know, it was a fun game to watch and both teams played pretty well. So, but uh, we will see you guys back again on Wednesday when the Dallas Stars take on the Carolina Hurricanes. And then on Friday, they also take on, oh, it's another big opponent. Who do they take on, James? Help me out here. Je the Devils. The Devils. Both so at two home this time. Both at home. Yes. So, 
two really big games for the Dallas Stars coming up against uh, top teams in the Eastern Conference. We'll see how they do. And yeah, yeah, all that. So please go and check out StarcasticMarksShop.com for all the latest merch options. It's the best way to support our podcast. We'd appreciate it if y'all would do that. Uh, leave us a five-star review anywhere you listen to your podcast. Uh, comment, like, subscribe, all that jazz, wherever you're listening as well, YouTube. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that jazz. And along with James, my name is Ryan. This has been Starcaster Remarks, the after game review for the Dallas Stars versus Buffalo Sabres game. And we will catch you guys on the flip side. And we hope you guys have a good morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you guys are listening. Hopefully Chris will be back with us on Wednesday. We will see you guys then. Goodbye. <laughs>